0: Men are faced with unique challenges, and many of our failures come from operating with boy psychology instead of the mature and evolved man psychology. We often find ourselves asking, what kind of men should we be? There are many perspectives about healthy masculinity and even more widely varying ideas of what it means to be an alpha. Today, my three alpha guests and I continue a six-episode series on our review of the book, King, Warrior, Magician, Lover by Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette. They describe the difference between boy psychology and man psychology give a very effective visual model of healthy manhood by helping guys rediscover the archetypes of mature masculinity. In this episode, we discuss the king.
1: a man that controls his own destiny, a man that is always in the pursuit of being better. You are in the right place. You are responsible. You are strong. You are a leader. You are a force for good. Gentlemen, you are the Alpha, and this is the Alpha Quorum.
0: Welcome back to the Alpha Quorum show. Brad Singletary here. I'm joined once again by my Awesome Alpha guests, Jay, Jim, and Clint. Really appreciate you guys being here. We're continuing the conversation about this book review. And this isn't so much about the book, but just talking about issues related to men. The questions that we're going to answer today is, what is the king archetype expressed in its fullness? What are some relatable examples of men living this way? What does it look like when a man is operating from tyrant energy? What does the weakling act like, and how can a man fully access the king energy within himself? This segment is about living life as a man with the energy of a king. One special thing about the king archetype is that he embodies all of the other mature masculine energies. He's also a warrior. He's also a magician. He's a lover. This episode is about leadership. So, what is the king archetype, you guys, expressed in its fullness? This is the pinnacle of the pyramid. The king. What is the king like? He listens, he's strong, he's giving, he's yeah, respectful, he's compassionate. You know, that's something that I think is important here is that he's not just a leader who gets things done, but he understands his people. He understands our need. He's he can give, he can love. He's
2: able to bring order to chaos. Mm -hmm. That in a chaotic event, he's the one that has the sound mind. He's able to make those decisive decisions and bring calm to that
1: chaos. He's also able to kind of control what is inside and outside of his realm of control. He's able to have that locus of control where he recognizes where he needs to grow and, and kind of challenges himself to be the best version of himself.
0: I like it. It talks about he himself is centered. That's kind of some of what you're talking about. But a lot of times it, where the king sat was literally in the center of the world, and the world was his kingdom, you know, the boundaries of his kingdom, and he was the center of it. And all things kind of came from him. He's the center. He himself is centered as a, as a man. They also possess that practical wisdom from experiences.
2: You know, they they have the knowledge of how to do it the right way at the right time and for the right reasons and that they have that through their experiences
0: I like that he's a negotiator you know he mends broken relationships he can he's got to deal with people maybe other kings and other leaders of other armies and whatever's going on and so he he can mend relationships with his people I'm sure in his own court you know in his own family the king energy is also maybe father energy I thought that was interesting
3: Yeah, I like what Jay said about being calm, and that helps us not to be reactive and making these impulsive decisions
2: that just snowball into greater problems. These are also the type of people that embody leaving a legacy. They're not only empowering themselves, but they make sure that the people around them, they're able to empower them and so that they realize their mortality. And when they move on, there's a newer life that's going to be there and take over.
0: Mm One of the words in the book was he's generative. And that really means, you know, looking after the next generation. So Liegeman and Legacy, yes, he's not just thinking about what's cool right now. He's thinking about far down the road, what's gonna be good for the kingdom long after I'm gone. Fourth thought. Yeah, he's a visionary. One of the things I like is it talked about he blesses the lives of others and the king was seen as, you know, connected, maybe even to God. There was some, you know, kind of connection to the divine or whatever, and that he would bless people and would give gifts. He would recognize and honor other people. I've got a couple quotes here from the book that are just powerful. And think about this wherever you are, whatever in whatever way you're a leader, in whatever way you interact with other people. Think about how this could apply to you. The good king always mirrored and affirmed others who deserved it. He did this by seeing them, in a literal sense, in his audiences at the palace, and in the psychological sense of noticing them, knowing them and their true worth. The good king delighted in noticing and promoting good men to positions of responsibility in his kingdom. He held audience primarily not to be seen, but to see, admire, and delight in his subjects, to reward them and bestow honors upon them. Man, that just, it gives me goosebumps. Mm -hmm. You know, talk about the father energy. Another thing in there kind of related to this is it's talking about young men and what boys are missing. Uh, The authors say, young men today are starving for blessing from older men, starving for blessing from the king energy. This is why in many cases they cannot, as we say, get it together. They shouldn't have to. They need to be blessed They need to be seen by the king because if they are, something inside will come together for them. That is the effect of blessing. It heals and makes whole. That's what happens when we are seen and valued and concretely rewarded for our legitimate talents and abilities. Man, the young men need to be seen. Mm -hmm. And we're all just looking for validation. We're all just looking for significance. And whatever strengths you guys have, I'm willing to bet a large part of that comes from having been seen mm-hmm. by a mature masculine. Someone saw you. Someone said, Jay, you're a stud. You know, Jay, you would be great as a teacher. Jay, you should go to college. Jay, you're a good dude. Jay, you're a good dad. People are affirming your worth. Someone did that for you. Could have been in your profession. Could have been your your dad. Could have been other family members, teachers, coaches, what do you think of that? I want to take a minute and talk about that. The king blesses, you know, he sees the good things in his. That for me is deep because it, once I
3: was recognized, it inspired me to show that appreciation and let these up and comers know their worth and know that um, their potential is infinite. And just, you know, like you said, blessing them but also helping them along the way when they succeed and letting them know that. So it just, that inspiration for me is, is
2: very big. We see, especially as a teacher and a coach, you see it quite a bit and especially at the junior high level, it's such an interesting time period anyway in their life. And they're trying to, they're on that preposites of childhood and and adulthood and moving into all of that stuff and and having the ability to give them praise and, and show them that they've been seen and, and help develop them, and and help move them through that. And you know, as a coach, leading by example, but also giving them that that positive feedback, and how much that that
1: would further them along in their growth. Mm-hmm. And it's it's powerful stuff. I mean, coming from my own upbringing and everything, there was a time where I was lost after my father passed away, and I craved finding to be seen, um, trying to find where I sit in this in this world and in this realm, and how i can become who i am and i'm very blessed that i had some very inspirational like male figures kind of come into my life and you know just show me the ropes what does it mean to be an emotional man how to sh- go camping and enjoy nature as it is and and take a moment to be present with yourself it, it's it's so important i think for especially boys who don't feel like they're seen to find that that space in their life to feel like they're seen and they're valued and they're being validated
3: And as like being an elder i think there's something very satisfying to give that blessing to inspire to let someone know that you know their potential is infinite it's to me it's very satisfying
0: it's also modeling to them because they're going to be a man whether they are a boy or they're a young man they're going to be in a fatherly role they're going to be in a leadership role one of my first important real Know, adult jobs was I, I talked to this guy who was on his way to retirement and i said tell me one thing that's made the most difference in your career He'd been doing it about 40 years in this world this therapy world but he was a like a director of an agency and i said tell me one thing that you know you've learned is most important he said catch them doing it right catch them doing it right like that man i just i try to do that with my kids anybody i'm working with i just want to reflect back i want to hold up the mirror and say you're amazing you've got a great sense of humor. Look at those abs. I say that to my I only got one kid with abs out of six boys only one's got, got got a six back, but anyway, telling them what they are, telling them what, their gifts, their talents what what examples when you talk about when, when I was seen like what examples happened to you? What was the thing that said, "I see you, Clint, you know you're valuable. Mm-hmm. What was the message or the you know the display of like appreciation toward you? that made you feel validated by a mature man?
3: You know, someone in my industry who I had a lot of respect for, you know, his knowledge, and then him letting me kind of go out on my own and start doing work for myself and and learning from my lessons, you know, rights and wrongs. And then, you know, like you said, seeing you and then giving you the praise when you did right was, was everything, it gave me, like the strength to know that I can do this. Like I can continue to just grow from that, you know, inspiration he gave me. That's awesome.
1: You know, for, for me, it was getting like the, the validation from my grandfather. Cause I looked up to him a lot after my dad passed away and he was a huge, uh, he was a president of major corporation, like had this huge long legacy and he had so much life experience and it was, just great when he came up to, me, up to me after my dad passed, and you know, said, you know, Clint, you're gonna be, you know, fine. We're, we're gonna be here to support you. We're, you know, I see you. I, I just want the best for you. So whatever I need to do to be there for you, just let me know. And just even just that small little act made me feel empowered to kind of go out in the world and kind of take risks and start learning myself and kind of come back to him for when I needed that guidance or that support or that wisdom.
0: That's awesome. Could be a grandfather, could be a someone in your profession. You might be that guy yourself, Jay. Anything come to mind about how you were seen and validated as a worthwhile young man?
2: I think growing growing up uh, with a father who was also a teacher and a coach, he was pretty intense, and so he was someone that you know I always strive to try to you know make happy or, or or impress. And so growing up and then being able to have him take me under his wing he was a track coach and and finding some success myself in that kind of uh, getting that validation for him and when your chips are down and and you're you're struggling he had a way of just being able to pull you off to the side and talk to you about you know he was always fair but firm you know he would if we screwed up he got after us but then he explained why and so there was always that second component of hey I'm gonna get after you but I'm also going to show you that I love you and that, you know, you can do this. And it always, you know, gave me that motivation to continue to just strive and do better.
3: I like what you said. He, he pulled you aside mm-hmm. and we'll have that talk with you. I, I definitely believe in, some of us refer to as pip and dip. We praise in public and we discipline in private. And I think that's so important. I, I teach that to a lot of guys coming up underneath me that, um, you know, when there's recognition, let everyone know, you know, but when you got to discipline them, you got to pull them aside. You can't embarrass them in front of everyone. It really hurts their self-esteem, and, and and you're doing nothing but you're breaking that man down. And for me, I'm here to lift these men up. So pulling them aside is is
2: important. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know you, you have that tribe. If it's if it's at work or is it's as a coach or as a psychologist with your your clients? Is yeah, you have to make you have to find ways to to pick them up and, and praise them, but also make it fun. You know, I noticed that yeah. with with coaching that when we had a lighthearted side of it also, and so that it wasn't always go, 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 but they could actually learn to enjoy it um, is when they found their most success.
0: One of the things I think is cool about King Energy is that you're not basking in your own power. You know, you're not parading around, look at me, check me out now. They're fancy. You know, they got rings and crowns and all Joffrey. this stuff, but it's not about that, <laughs> Joffrey. So, But there, he's making other people feel powerful. Think about the leaders that you've known and the, ma- the masculine folks in your life who gave you that. It wasn't that they were this power and you were just leeching on to their power. They made you feel powerful. Mm-hmm. They told you what your power was. Like That's the sign of a true leader, if you ask me. So what are some examples of you know, popular figures or people that um, guys may relate to? None of us know any kings maybe, but who lives that energy that we know of? One, I guess for me is Ronald Reagan. I grew up with Ronald Reagan. I remember being, you know, six or seven years old, and it was always like, oh, the president's on. You know, my dad would want to watch. And again, this is nothing having to do with anything political, but he was a pleasant leader. He was someone who had some charm and charisma. He was decisive. He made things important things happen in the world, made important things happen in the United States, united people. You hear people talk about, you know, Reagan Democrats. I read a quote recently where he he said, you know, I decided to do this because even the Democrats don't like what's going on. And his point, his point was, I want to, I want to help everyone. He wanted to bless everyone, no matter what their position was. And um I think he was just a great example in my lifetime of somebody who who embodied that. Another one for me who kind of lives this way is Tony Robbins. I like him because I know that he has prepared. I think he has a high school education, but he's educated himself. He talked about reading like thousands of books. He went to teach and and present the things that he's learned to other people. I know that he kind of lived a lot of what he teaches. He he lived that integrity. Somebody I read somewhere or saw something that he, like for 25 years, didn't eat ice cream. Or he was like a vegan for 25. Whatever he was doing, he did that so strictly. It was actually his current wife who tried to help him loosen up with some of that like dude it's okay i have some ice cream sometime but he was trying to live you know what he said he believed enthusiastic teacher great energy all those archetypes remember the king really to be a king you got to be all those so to me ronald reagan tony robbins those are two people that i think are are cool that way anybody else have any uh popular figures you know
1: um i put uh Captain America, um, whether in the comic books or in the movies and stuff, he just always seems like a very principled man, kind of always looking out for everyone else, um, making sure the team's kind of taken care of, has a sense of selflessness that he'll always kind of put himself up first, you know, living with integrity, living with accountability, um, always trying to challenge himself to grow. I'm going to dip into a little bit of
2: Kansas history here since that's where I went to school. But I had an op- awesome opportunity to work with uh, the football coach at Kansas State. His name is Bill Schneider. Mm. And he, he came from Iowa and then came down to pretty much the worst college football program in America at the time. And he developed 16 core values or core traits for success. And he posted those in the locker room. And he you know he led by example he led by integrity and these core values and it was he praised his, he praised his athletes more than he would praise himself and he wanted them to be good successful men not just good football players Some of those qualities were unselfishness, unity uh, integrity, self-discipline you know never give up attitude, no self limitations uh, consistency leadership and taking responsibility. So he had those, he posted them in the locker room. He knew his realm, he knew what his core values were, and he never deviated from those.
0: I'm sure they followed that. They were inspired by not just him teaching them that, but showing it to them without yes. his words, without the poster. They they felt that from him. And it sounds like you know he had that father energy, that king energy, and, and they followed him because he was aligned he was living congruently with what he already was trying to tell them yeah you look you look at it you know he he had his own elders in
2: his coaching tree and you look at the people that followed behind him uh you talk about leaving a legacy and you look at the number of people that have come on, went on and and been coaches after him or because of him it it's pretty impressive
3: yeah i think A lot of coaches embody that. They have a lot of king-like attributes. And like that coach there, he left left a legacy.
2: Definitely. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: So looking at the bipolar shadows of the king, we have the tyrant and the weakling. I want to talk about those. I want to talk about those and see what they may look like. What are their characteristics? So the tyrant, that's the overachieving, dysfunctional shadow of the king. Tyrant, that says a lot. He destroys. He tears down other people. What other What other things is a tyrant doing?
1: I'm afraid of uh, new experiences due to the unknown threat or the lack of security himself or infrastructure.
0: Dude, you're—he's <laughs> good. He's smarter than me. I I don't know if I like that. I I, I think I I'm feeling a little threatened over Brad, here, I, here.
3: are you saying he has more potential than you? <laughs> There's a possibility. I'm
0: saying, man, this Shots guy, you know, ahead. he's like, I'm 45 years old, man. I, I, like I'm, feeling, years I'm feeling 15 years older. i feeling pushed here. I'm feeling <laughs> challenged a little bit. No, seriously. I love that. Read it again because it's layered and it's, there's a lot of information. Yeah, there. so,
1: you know, he's, he's afraid of new experiences. He, he wants to stay in the familiar because that's what he can control. But due to whenever, you know, an unknown threat comes in, he lacks security to move um, himself and his inner structures. He's very rigid in himself um, without deviation.
0: So controlling, insecure, f- fearful of new situations. So he does what he knows how to do, which is push people around. Mm-hmm. Rules by fear, those mm-hmm. types of people. Mm-hmm. Maybe kind of narcissistic, you know, that's a shallow ego and a fragile ego, but believes he's special.
3: Mm-hmm yeah he's kind and and nice to your face but then he's cruel and backstabbing when when you're not around for his own gain
0: that's some girl shit right there <laughs> <laughs> in one of the earlier shows uh Derek Johnson talked about you know women sometimes will or be nice to your face and talk about you behind your back men will talk shit to your face and talk nice about you behind your back so that's that's interesting <laughs> Well, I've definitely seen it in in guys in in
3: my profession. I'm
0: into it too. Sorry, I didn't mean to be sexist about that, but what else is a tyrant like? They have uh, underlying rage
1: that is based
0: in a worthlessness and vulnerability to weakness. Rage, underlying rage, based on weakness and what'd you say, vulnerability? Uh, Based in worthlessness and vulnerability to weakness. Mm. Vulnerability to weakness, Okay. Yeah, he.
1: You're saying there's like an underlying worthlessness because he doesn't know himself. Yeah, he doesn't care to know himself. He's only projecting this this false sense of security to everyone else because he himself is insecure.
0: Showing strength, not having any. Mm-hmm. He's abusive with his words, physically abusive, maybe sexually abusive. You know, he he's, he takes what he wants. There was a guy in one of my my men's groups the other day. We were talking about an often discussed question is why won't she have sex with me and how can I get more sex from my woman? And this guy said, "Sometimes you just got to take it. And sometimes you got to take her." And I get that sometimes there may be a little bit of, you know, a little bit of spontaneity and a little bit of some of that maybe that shows up in the lover and you know exactly when to do that and exactly how, but this guy the w- the way it was being described, it seemed a little power-hungry, a little selfish, you, you just take it? Like, you just do that when she's not down? Um, I don't know. That, that really kind of bothered me. And I think too many men, they want to walk around showing power. They have none. They don't know themselves. I love you talking about They don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. They don't know their own strength. And kind of go into that father
1: energy within the
0: king-tyrant uh, duality is
1: um, the father lacks interest in his sons and exploits their weakness and does not show up for their sons in the way that they need so you know the angry father who stays angry teaches his son to only be angry and it's just this it's continuous a, yeah it's a it's a cycle you know mm-hmm. and you see that in domestic violence you see
2: that it's normally if there's a man who is violent and sometimes it's a woman too uh that that it's it's a history it's a pattern that they have have seen that in their own fathers
1: and then have carried it on in their own lives cuz all they know is internal rage anger resentment
0: and lack of identity Remember, we're talking about not if we demonstrate these things, but how we do it. Mm -hmm. Another concept that's repeated in the book is that we alternate between these bipolar shadows. You know, I've got to say, like, I'm a father of six boys, and too many times I become the tyrant. And I have to tell you guys, literally, since reading this book and really digging into it this year, 2021, I really made it a focus for myself. I catch myself. I pause a little bit sometimes, you know. I can, I can. I'm. I'm just trying to align myself with the better part of me. But I. I do. I. Go, I go from tyrant. You know. I'm yelling, swearing, being rude, critical, and um. You know. I saw some of those things I, in my past. I had my dad on the on the show, and he talked about some of his weaknesses. That carries on with me, and it's a constant effort for me to not be that and then and then if i do that too much and then i go weak and i let everything go and let it build up and six more weeks go and then there's another kind of explosion like you talked about so hey none of us here by the way we're just dudes talking about some of our own experiences the things that we observe what we're trying to do we're not here tooting our own horns now i think that was something interesting
2: when reading the book was Sometimes I operate or a lot of times I operate in black and white, and that this book really points out that you can you're, you move between them. You can be the tyrant one day and now that you're the weakness and that it's not all one or the
1: other. You, you sometimes will move between each of them and they're kind of the bipolar opposites yeah. of each other. Yeah. right. I think it's very fluid and, and kind of based on the quality of your own thoughts every day. You yeah. know what when you wake up every day, what kind of man do you want to portray to your kingdom?
3: You're constantly thinking about it. You're Mm. constantly recognizing your feelings. You're constantly, you know, trying to stay calm. You're constantly trying not to be reactive. It's, it's,
0: it's it's tough. Examples of a tyrant. I thought of one, just maybe like, you know, an extreme example of this Adolf Hitler was 60 million people died under his rule, promised people one thing that he was going to build this grand this grand culture, this grand, you know, existence, and this grand kingdom, uh, so to speak, kingdom, ended up becoming a murderous tyrant. I mean, maybe one of the most evil humans who ever lived. And I think we have to check ourselves and say, "How am I being this way? How am I? How am I being a tyrant? How am I being Hitler right now?" Got to hear it in our voice. We got to hear it, see it in our motives. And uh, that's how we correct our course is reflect. All right, let's go to the weakling. What does the weakling act like? This is the passive, underachieving shadow of the king, the weakling. What does he do? What does he act like? I probably see these a lot more in therapy than I do the tyrants. The tyrants, they don't want to be here. They're power hungry. They don't want to be here. They don't want to admit mistakes. They they might show up. They come (laughs) twice the weakling comes for 14 years and is still having a tough time changing. So I see a lot of these people coming in, they feel powerless, they just don't have any, they're not taking a lot of responsibility, not everyone. Um, Some people definitely are elevating themselves and I push until until they can feel like they can do that. But what's a weakling like? When I first started looking at this, what really came
2: to mind is what we talked about earlier, that a lot of these weaklings at some point in time, have a point where they snap and jump over to being a tyrant. And that's where you, you, sometimes you hear it. Well, this person was such a nice person. And then all of a sudden they snapped. And so that's what really resonated with me was that, you know, they're they're the, the one who doesn't stand up for themselves. They, they get walked over, they're insecure. They think everybody's after them. And then one moment, you know, they snap. It's just because it's all built up with inside of them.
3: You're saying they're playing a the victim. Yeah. Poor me. Why does this always happen to
2: me? Yeah. And that it just, you know, they... It's not they don't.
0: my fault. So how can a man fully access the king energy within himself? A guy shows up and he wants to improve himself. He's alternating between weakling and tyrant. He doesn't want to do that anymore. What kinds of things can he do to increase that, you know, the, the benevolent king kind of energy? We talked about the attributes of the king. How does he attain those?
3: Being a good listener, definitely listening to your people and giving real honest feedback, you know, not just flying off the handle, being in the present.
0: That's a tough skill. That's a tough skill for men. Probably everyone from from my generation and younger, there's a lot of, I don't know, I think about the video game era that we're in. And men really seem to have a hard time paying attention. They have a hard time listening. They're not especially if there's any emotion someone's upset we sort of shut down we're not even really hearing it we're planning the next thing we to say how do you learn how to listen you're not naturally good at that how does a man learn how to do it practice practice
3: yeah practice and put yourself in those situations and being conscious of it being present about it like really need to listen to what what is this person really saying Right, and stop wandering off and like some people listen and some people can't wait to talk. Don't be that person who can't wait to talk. just listen.
1: I mean even having to re- if you have to repeat what that person's saying, just to making sure that you hear them clearly and that validates that person's experience and shows you that you're a leader.
3: That is really funny because once again, with guys working with me, when I tell them to communicate, it's like going to a good fast food place. Mm-hmm. You'll tell you your order, they'll repeat it back, and there's that communication, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's
2: exactly what I was going to say. And you'll get your order right. Yeah, you know, you can be talking to someone and you can tell that they're not listening because they're thinking about how they're going to respond right back to you. And I know, you know, we do it ourselves, especially in relationships when you're having a discussion or an argument, a lot of times you're not listening to that individual you're thinking about how you're going to respond mm-hmm. instead of just stopping and fully listening to what they have to say.
0: I think a lot of the a lot of that in terms of listening and communication has to do with your attitude. We're so defensive, and we think, "Oh, here we go, here we go, complaints." You know, here's here's something something that my buddy Mike Spurgeon taught me, Taco Mike, is pull out some paper and say, "Hold on a minute," you know, "I want to write this. I want to just jot some notes down. I want to make sure I get this." That helps him pay attention. That helps him make sure he's got the thing. So he'll just write bullet points as they're talking, and he'll review the list and say, okay, so this, this, this. You know, is there anything else? And I think it's Ed Milet, a speaker and an influencer out there. He talks about, you want this data. (laughs) Whoever it is, whatever they're telling you, you have to believe that you want it. You want to hear what they say. If it's a complaint, you want to know what it is. It's important to you. Ask for it. Seek it. So you may have to change your attitude about what they may be saying and realize it's important for me to know, you know, my wife is complaining to me, it's in my best interest to listen to it.
3: That's that mindset, right? Yes. You can be just annoyed. Oh God, here she goes again. Oh God, this dude every time. (laughs) And you're not listening, but that's the, that's the goals. That's the skills you have to, you have to constantly think for yourself to be able to listen if you're wandering off, oh, here she goes again, or here he goes again, you're not practicing those skills.
0: What about we've got something down here about being an effective leader? It includes a lot of that with communication. But what about the guy that kind of says, you know, I'm 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 happy to just be a follower. Like I don't need to be a leader. It's not my personality. I don't have a kingdom. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be a pastor or a CEO. I don't need to do this. What would you say to that guy? You're oh, still the king of your domain. Yeah. Man.
1: Like if you keep with a a growth mindset, you know life is full of adversity. Take time to really understand how that adversity is affecting you, and how to use that energy to empower yourself and others. Be the examples of growth. So, you know, for the person who doesn't know how to go out and or doesn't feel like they have their own domain, take the time to understand what is the adversity you're kind of facing. What are the things that have kind of came to you and in your kingdom? And start manifesting your own growth within it.
0: I love what you said. You're the leader of yourself. You, you're the king of your life. You don't have to have a million followers and you know a big congregation of people that are praising you. You, you don't have to be that kind of king. You're the leader of yourself. That's your domain.
3: Complacency. Don't get complacent. You just you know you fall behind. Others are passing you. You're not growing.
2: It almost seems like a learned helplessness that they haven't even got out of their own way. Value yourself, and that they've kind of given up on themselves.
0: Yeah, like in the boy psychology was talking about, their ineptitude is less than honest. So when they say, "I don't need to be that," "I don't need to be a leader," "I don't need to be some vocal rah rah guy" or whatever, and and yeah, be yourself have your own personality and your own strengths but don't underestimate the impact that you can have and it may be a very small circle it may be your little family it may be the people next to you in your cubicle it may be people in your community it doesn't have to be on the grand scale yeah you don't have to be this
3: small impacts are huge too mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a
1: quote that i got from the book that i really enjoyed um this is referring to the king. The, the ego of the man needs to think of itself, not a matter of power status, but as a servant of a transpersonal will or cause. It is not he, should, he who should be benefiting from his actions, but taking an active role in benefiting others within his own domain. Oh, I love that. Beautiful. I'm going to cry. You know, you know, even if you're a king, you should still know what it feels like to be a shepherd so that you can also mm-hmm. rise him up so that he can be successful it's it's about
0: sharing your own wealth there's humility too you know that's another one of those things that the strong men out there actually have a a great deal of humility maybe that's remembering their humble beginnings or remembering empathizing with what it's like to be that person here's this little 18 year old apprentice or whatever who's coming to me and he's complaining and like what's it like to be him I had a couple of thoughts here, just to, to close out this episode. One, one is a long quote. The king archetype in its fullness possesses the qualities of order, of reasonable and rational patterning, of integration and integrity in the masculine psyche. It stabilizes chaotic emotion and out of control behaviors. It gives stability and centeredness. It brings calm. And in its fertilizing and centeredness, It mediates vitality, life force, and joy. It brings maintenance and balance. It defends our own sense of inner order, our own integrity of being and purpose, our own central calmness about who we are and our essential unassailability and certainty in our masculine identity. It looks upon the world with a firm but kind eye. It sees others in all their weaknesses and in all their talent and worth. It honors them and promotes them. It guides them and nurtures them toward their own fullness of being. It is not envious because it is secure as the king in its own worth. It rewards and encourages creativity in us and in others. This is the energy that expresses itself through you when you're able to keep your cool, when everyone else in the meeting is losing theirs. This is the voice of calm and reassurance the encouraging word in a time of chaos and struggle. This is the clear decision after careful deliberation that cuts through the mess in the family, at work, in the nation, in the world. This is the energy that seeks peace and stability, order, growth, and nurturing for all people. And not only for all people, but for the environment, the natural world, the king cares for the whole realm is the steward of nature as well as of human society i stole this last part here from another men's group online and it's about how we can really go about the problems of our life trying to access this king energy We'll leave you with this guys in any moment of sadness loneliness emptiness uncertainty or discomfort ask yourself this what does my king say The king is that gentle, wise, loving elder within you who connects you directly to an all knowing and all loving source. To cultivate him, to know him, ask the question again and again, day in and day out. Ask it regarding your relationship, ask it regarding your work, ask it regarding parenting. Keep asking until you get an answer. Keep asking until you know your king like a trusted guide and a good friend. Keep asking until you have confidence that you can stay true to yourself in all moments, when your light is bright and when it is dim. And when the desire arises to avoid what you fear, feel emptiness, eliminate loneliness, or cling to anything or anyone, ask the question. You will feel a fullness, a knowing, a wisdom within that was always there but unknown until now. And once you have cultivated yourself in asking, you will become the all-loving and all-knowing king yourself, with no neurosis, no self-betrayal, and peace within. And you will notice he is you, and you are him. So ask yourself now and in the days to come, make it part of your daily practice. What does my king say? And listen deep within. You guys, this is such an honor to be sitting here with you. I'm learning so much from you. This study of this book and all the things that we've discussed here are just have been really helpful to me. I'm just a dirtbag. I'm just white trash with a job who's trying to help people, and I want to improve myself and improve my life. That's the whole purpose of the Alpha Quorum. Thank you for being part of this. Till next time, no excuses, Alpha Up.
1: Gentlemen, you are the Alpha, and this is the Alpha Quorum.